Hello and welcome to the Kangaroo English Podcast. My name is Christian and today is Wednesday, the best day of the week. <laughs> um, I am back making podcasts again after, after a long absence and I'm really looking forward to making podcasts regularly again and, and talking to you more often. Um, and I, I wanted to start today's podcast by, by telling you something about myself, which is that I am an opsimath. It's not a very common word. In fact, it's quite a rare word, a word that's probably not very useful to you at all. But, <laughs> but um, the story that I'm going to tell you, I think, is, is quite an important story. Um, so, an opsimath is a person who learns late in life. Uh, you know, there's an expectation in a lot of cultures that, you know, the time to learn is when you're, when you're a child, when you're, when you're, you know, young, that's when you um, spend all your time in school learning stuff and then that's it, you stop learning, right? You finish school and you go and you get a real job, do some real work. And, you know, that's the trajectory that, that a lot of people take. Um, and and it's, it's nice to see recently that um, there's been a movement towards people being lifelong learners, you know, towards um, always staying curious and learning new things like a language, for example. So that's why I think it's, it's super cool. Um, to be an opsimath. Um, now, if, if we look at the word opsimath, you'll probably notice that it's made of two parts, right? We have opsi and math. Um, they're both Greek. The word comes from Greek. And so opsi meant late and math meant to learn. Okay, so to learn late. And there's another related word, which is a little bit more common, which is a polymath. So a polymath is somebody who knows a lot, right? They have a lot of knowledge. And that starts to make sense, right? Because poly means many and math means learn. So polymath means somebody who's learned many things. And that means that the word math actually means to learn. <laughs> now, most people, when, when they hear the word math, or mathematics, they don't think about learning, you know, they think about numbers. And depending on your personal relationship with mathematics, that could be a good or a bad thing. Um, personally, I didn't like maths at school. Uh, I was not inspired by my teachers. I didn't understand a lot of what happened in class. And so, you know, I have a kind of, yeah, I don't have a great relationship with maths. Um, and that's a little bit what this, this, this episode is about, because earlier this year, the National Center for Mathematics in America, they made a statement, and the statement was probably a little bit shocking for the National you know, Center for Mathematics. They said that they wanted schools to basically stop teaching children calculus, <laughs> right? Now, you know, 
again, it's, it's a shocking thing, right? Imagine, you know, a, a, an organization that represents mathematics saying that they want schools to stop teaching mathematics. Now, the question is why? And three, three of the people from the, the National Center, um, they actually wrote an explanation why. And, and I, that's what I want to talk about today. Okay, so they, they basically said that in, in 1984, there was 113,000 students studying engineering, okay, with a, with a degree in engineering. And in 2010, so we're talking about um, uh, 20, 30, 30 years later, okay, um, there was 112,000 students with a degree in engineering. So the number of students who chose to study engineering was the same but the number of children who were studying calculus, which is a very high level mathematical subject, rose from, from 14% to 35%. Okay, so although the same amount of people were choosing to become um, engineers, the amount of people that were learning calculus had increased more than double. And this this caused a problem, okay. And this is this is um, this is the problem that they talk about in 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 this in this PDF, right? They said that, um, and and I'm going to read directly from from their PDF. It says, the National Council of Teachers and Mathematics have known for a long time that the pump is pushing more students into advanced mathematics earlier, and it is not effective. It is counterproductive. Too many students are moving too fast through preliminary courses so that they can get calculus onto their high school transcripts. And then, then comes the really shocking part. So it says that one third of students who took calculus in high school then had to go and do pre-calculus when they got to university. <laughs> and one in six who got calculus in high school had to take remedial mathematics, basically like the most basic type of mathematics. So although they had calculus ticked on their, you know, on their high school transcripts, although they had the piece of paper to say that they had passed their calculus, a third of them didn't understand it. And a sixth of them didn't actually have any solid foundation in mathematics at all. Okay. Now, now let me read from the conclusion of their paper. So it says, um, the United States has fallen into a seriously dysfunctional system for pre preparing students for careers in science and engineering, guaranteeing that all but the very best rush through essential parts of the mathematics curriculum and are then forced to sit and wait while they try to compensate for what was missed. So, so basically, only the students who are you know, really interested in mathematics, who really study hard, are actually ready for university calculus. And the rest of them have to catch up. So the good students wait and they get bored. So the system is bad for everybody. Now, 
why am I telling you all this about mathematics? <laughs> I'm telling you because this is almost an identical parallel to the way that languages are taught. There is a rush in schools to, to get students to, to have the piece of paper to say that they can they, they, to say that they know English, you know, I know so many students personally who have the, you know, the B2 certificate, um, who, who have the piece of, you know, who have a Cambridge exam certificate, you know, to say that they can, um, that, that they know English, right? And, and they don't. In fact, if, if they were to come to a class with me, just like those mathematics students, we would have to start right back at basics again. Because unless you have a solid foundation, you, you, you can't move on. Um, and, and, you know, teachers are under pressure to teach the curriculum, you know, that's in the, that's in the workbook and to finish it, you know. It doesn't, if the students can't keep up, well, that's just too bad. Teachers got to finish the workbook because they're under pressure from the administration to do the exams. And I think that the system is, is failing students. And I think a really great example of this is, is the work of Paul Nation. So um, I did an interview with Paul Nation. You can hear the full thing on, on my YouTube channel. And, and he basically um, talks about how the research shows that a quarter of a good English course will be basically learning nothing new. So 25% of your time will be learning nothing new. It will be just revising the things that you know again and again and again and again until they become automatic, until you know them without thinking, because that is fluency, right? That's, that's fluency, is producing without thinking and having a solid foundation. And my advice to you, uh, you know, as a student listening to this, or even as a teacher, would, would be to, to slow down. You know, if you're feeling like you want to give up, it's probably because you're going too fast. You're trying to take on too much. Um, you know, I don't often talk about personal stories because, you know, personal anecdotes are not scientific, right? They're just experience. But um, at the moment, I'm, I'm learning Arabic and I've spent weeks <laughs> just trying to learn how to read and write in, 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 in the new alphabet. Um, and I expect to spend many weeks and, and many months more to, be, to become, before it becomes automatic. And I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm really happy with, with my progress because I know and because I've told myself again and again that it will take a really long time. And so when I don't remember anything from my class, I don't feel stupid. And if it takes me six months only to learn the alphabet, well, I'm happy with that. Um, you know, if your goals are different, that's fine. But you have to put in the work to match your goals. Personally, I don't have eight hours a day to, to, to study Arabic. I would advance a lot faster. 
So with my two hours a week, I have what I think are the realistic expectations. And you have to ask yourself, you know, if you have realistic expectations too. Um, I think that this story about mathematics is a really interesting one because it shows in the same way that, that, that the language industry has professionals, has linguists, have, um, has, you know, researchers who are, who are saying, slow down guys, you know, who are saying, um, you know, we need to, we need to change curriculums. We need to change exams. Um, we, 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 we need to start listening to those people because in a way maths is, is easier than language because maths is about right and wrong, but language is much more flexible. And so it's much more difficult to examine it and to say that something is good or bad or right or wrong, because there's not just one right answer. So I hope that that's, that's inspired you a little bit today to, to go back to basics, to not put so much pressure on yourself and to make the knowledge that you already have, to make it solid and to make it automatic. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm Christian. This is Kangaroo English and I'll see you in class. Studying.